The Poke Sport Podcast is sponsored by Downtown Barbershops here in Stillwater, 609 South Main Street. Give them a call, 405-269-8590. Randall and his crew giving the best cuts in town. I've been going there for close to 10 years now. Uh, they do children's haircuts, buzz haircuts, traditional haircuts, military haircuts, razor fades, mustache, beard trims, and shaves. They've got spa services coming soon. I don't know exactly what that entails because they, they're, they're kind of hush on it, but I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I was in there last week. I got a haircut. I've got another one scheduled for Tuesday. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna get into a two week rotation, Marshall. I think. I think that's what I'm gonna do. I think I'm gonna go every two weeks. You know, I may. I may have to join you on that because I need to go in in the next few days and get myself a haircut and mm. get my beard cleaned up. So I, uh, I might. I might join you on that rotation. Absolutely, the best haircut in town. Again, that's downtown barbershops here in Stillwater, located at 609 South Main Street. Give them a call, 405-269-8590, or you can check them out on the web at downtownbarbershops.com. Welcome into the Pokes Report podcast. My name is Zach Lancaster, coming to you from the downtown Triple Play Sports Radio studios. I think this might be this might be a home. This might be a place where we record from uh, from here on out, unless we want to do it at home, but... I got Marshall Levinson with me. I got Ryan Breeden, as always. Uh, not a fun podcast to do today. Uh, it's like an emergency pod. It's not a, it's not a fun one. Uh, the NCAA has officially passed down its punishments. They have declined, denied Oklahoma State's appeals process. Oklahoma State, a one-season, a one-year postseason ban this season, which includes the Big 12 tournament for now at least. Uh, they will have uh, three years of probation beginning today is what Kevin Feit said. So that's Wednesday, November 3rd, the day the sanctions were announced. Uh, they'll have their three years of probation. You'll have a reduction of three scholarships over the next three years, which uh, we'll get into that in a minute. I don't, I don't think that's a big deal if I'm, if I'm being completely honest. And everything else was self-imposed, so you shouldn't have to worry about that as well. So, um, but, a, but a somber day, actually. People are this. The, the, the Oklahoma State fan base is up in arms about this. Ryan, you had a you you put up a feature for us just a couple of minutes ago. Um, yep. We we talked about it as I was going into the building. Marshall, we talked as I was coming out of the building. Mm. Uh, you guys are both students on campus, so you know, walk me through. I I, I want to hear what the vibe is uh, on campus. I I wasn't on campus today. I've been busy with uh, writing. Well, I mean, stuff I was in the else. I was in the. All my classes are in the journalism building, so I mean, plenty of whom were also writing um, different sure. pieces and discussing what happened today. I mean, I, I mean, it's pretty much a what exactly what you see on Twitter from other reporters and other just fans in general. Well, and if you want to know what that is, all you have to do is go to Cowboy Basketball's Twitter because they're yeah, still literally. retweeting stuff. Yeah, yep. just go look at what those kind of. The, the sentiment that is going around, and that's pretty much what you see on campus, is the disliking and the agree the disagreement of the, the punishments dealt. And especially, it's not only the punishments, but it's the timing of the punishments. It's the way that it was done. Yeah. It's the just kind of blatant, almost disrespect of Oklahoma State from the NCAA. And given that the timing is just six days before their season starts. And, I mean, now some of those – even some of those details that um, Mike Boynton and Chad Weiberg were detailing about how they had appeals hearings, mm-hmm. like the day before 
major rivalry games and on the day of a big game against Kansas and or at least in Lawrence and everything. So, um, I mean, everything that is coming out is pretty – I mean, there hasn't obviously – you see nothing positive on Twitter yeah. and that the same can be said for the just general student body. I mean, everyone is – everyone's against the NCAA, reasonably so. Yeah, I mean, and that's – I don't – so – Pat Forty of Sports Illustrated put out an article. There's like, um, you should, you know, don't don't punish the 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 narrative of don't punish the current kids or administration is outdated because the kids essentially knew what they were getting into. I, I that was like the that's like the opening graph. You know, the first the first couple of paragraphs is the kids knew the situation. If you look at you know Rondell Walker sent out a tweet. Uh, when the punishments were first passed down, he was a sophomore, or not the punish when the when the when this investigation first started. Mm-hmm. When all this first started, he was a sophomore in high school. The there's not one player on this roster that was in that was that was in the program on campus, a student of Oklahoma State. No, you know these kids were all in high school. Mike Boynton had to explain to some of the younger kids exactly what this punishment was about. Mm-hmm. Why, you know, why the, the program is being punished. If you look at if you look at some of the other programs across the country, uh, I think South Carolina specifically, because considering Lamont Evans did the exact same thing at South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, listening to what Kevin Fight had to say, listening to what Mike Boynton had to say, listen to what Chad Weiberg had to say, Oklahoma State went first in this investigation because they felt that their case was rather minimal. Because mm-hmm. you look at the two things that got Oklahoma State in trouble, Lamont Evans. Did I, did I say Lamont Bishop again? You, I don't I know say you so? said it right there, but you said it. No. Uh, Lamont Evans, you're good. Oh, no, yeah. I just I caught myself, and I was like, so Lamont Evans takes – Twenty eighteen to twenty three thousand dollars in cash, which to, is substantial to to, but. to funnel players to financial uh, mm-hmm. advisors over the course of God knows how many years, mm-hmm. and he paid Jeffrey Carroll three hundred dollars one hundred times three times for one hundred dollars three times, yep. which the money was paid back and self reported by Oklahoma State, and he served a three I think it was a three game suspension, two or three game suspension, yes. mm-hmm. which. Self-reporting it automatically makes it a secondary violation, but there was no on-the-court benefits, as Mike Boynton said. Yeah, there's no recruiting violations, no future recruiting violations. Uh, the the current coaching staff, there was no. Uh, I, I it was one man who accepted money uh, by himself. There was it was proven that there was no lack of institutional control, and the fact that the NCAA basically said, you know what, we we said way back when. The first school, when it when it came down to it, we were gonna you know essentially nail him to the wall. And while Oklahoma State the crime didn't necessarily fit the punishment, that's exactly what the NCAA did. Right or wrong, the NCAA I guess kept true to its word. And and honestly, it it's disgusting in in my like this. It's egregious because you look at these kids. And even if this, even if this judgment had a con, like the, the fact that it came six days before the start of the season, is absolutely disgusting. I wouldn't have agreed with the if they had passed this in May or you know April or June or July August. I wouldn't agreed with it then because I don't think 
that the, like I said, I don't think the crime fit the, necessarily would have fit the punishment, but at least you give these kids the opportunity if they wanted. And I, that's what Boynton said today. I want the best for these kids. And if that means going somewhere else, I mean, that I'm paraphrasing, but that Boynton always wants what's best for his kids. And so the fact that you do it six days before the schedule, you and I talked about it, Ryan, uh, after the, after the media availability, I, programs will make space for an Avery Anderson, right? Sure. They'll, they'll make space for a Bryce Thompson, you know, they'll make space for a Musa Cisse, but rosters across the country are full. I think this, I think this team stays together, but I think the way the NCAA went about it was an even bigger middle, middle finger on top of the punishment. Yeah. Didn't really, uh, didn't really leave a whole lot of options for anyone who, I'm not, not even saying that any of the players are thinking Correct. about transferring, Correct. but even if they were, I mean, there's not really a whole lot of options left out there, you no. know, like rosters are full and yes, people would make exceptions for someone like an Avery Anderson or whatever else, but the choices are not the same as they would have been back in the start of the summer or the spring or something like that. So just everything about it with the timing. And then my biggest thing, too, is just the the lack of consistency in punishments from the NCAA is just confusing, I guess, you know, because as we mentioned, South Carolina got their punishment. USC got a punishment as well. Those were two other schools that were involved in – all of this, the same investigation with the FBI back starting in, what was it, 2017? So over five years ago now at this point. And I yeah. mean, if you look at, first you look at South Carolina's punishment, they got two years of probation, um, $5,000 fine, reduction in official visits, um, prohibition of unofficial visits for four weeks in the fall, USC, two years probation, $5,000 fine, 1% of the budget cut, and reduction of scholarships by two over the course of a year or two. But, I mean, Oklahoma State's was three years of probation, so an additional year, and obviously the the biggest part, the heavy hitter of that, the postseason ban. It, so you mentioned that the NCAA is maybe trying to make an example out of Oklahoma State, but what does that really mean, and who does that apply to? That's a good question, because you look at the other schools that are coming up, and I, I think Boynton was pretty spot on because you look at some of the other, these other programs that are in line that are being investigated. The programs have honest, like the 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 violations that some of these other schools, like let's say Kansas, have have mm-hmm. that are being in, that are getting charged with are far and away more egregious than than anything Oklahoma State is involved in right now. Yep. And so if you're my, you know, like I, I loved what Mike Boynton said. He said, if if you're if if you're a school that's being investigated by the NCAA, look at our situation and don't comply. Don't help. Because at the end of the day, you're in trouble. And if and and here's the thing, like if you look at it Oklahoma State, like if if this is what happens, if and I understand, like it, it's so frustrating because Oklahoma State started their penalty first, and and that's what you and I were talking about. This investigation's been going on since 2017. Mm-hmm. This four years. By the time the punishment is up, we're pushing eight years. Yeah. For for a one year postseason probation. Now I understand that that's you know you drag it out. You have the appeals process. You you know so I mean. 
Oklahoma State has drugged the process out a little bit. But the NCAA saying, well, you're going to get punished. Well, we've been dealing with this for eight years. It's a heavy cloud. Not one of these kids was on campus when this happened. But the the question that I read a lot with with the fan base and something that I ask myself, and I, I don't know an answer for, when you look at programs like Arizona or you look at programs like um, – like Kansas or, or other programs that have gotten in trouble that are that are being investigated right now, is the NCAA going to match the degree of punishment? Because if Oklahoma State gets a, a one-year postseason ban, three years of of uh, probation, three year uh, three scholarships reduced over three years, if you get programs that are directly benefit, their recruiting is directly benefiting, or the on the court product is directly benefiting. And it's it, the the university knows about it. I mean, some of the, I'm not saying it's going to happen, and I'm not saying that it should that it's right. But based on the degree of penalty that Oklahoma State received for a, one player getting 300 bucks, yeah, these programs should get the death penalty. And I'm not saying that it should, but based on the if, based if, on the yeah, if that's what the NCAA is saying, you know, we're setting the tone for this. Be be ready. Kansas should not be playing basketball anymore. Well, the other thing, too, you mentioned Arizona. Um, Arizona, as well as, I believe, Auburn, they were also included in that same mm-hmm. investigation. And But people are going to argue, well, Arizona and Auburn, they self-imposed um, postseason bans on themselves, right? But Arizona, I mean, if you look, Auburn, they were 13 and 14 last year. And so it's easy, you know, to self-impose something like that when you know you're not going to be very good. Mm-hmm. Or for, I mean, Arizona did it too. I mean, they had a good year last year, but like, what kind of difference does it make being self-imposed versus given to you? Well, and 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 we talked about it on our our afternoon show here. One of the questions is like, if you're Oklahoma State, do you go ahead and just accept the penalty, accept the punishment in June of 2020? Because it, it, and this is where the this is something to think about. You're looking at a, a real double-edged sword here, right? On one side of the thing, you have, it was it June, first, second week of June is when they first announced 2020. You have Cade Cunningham. You return a pretty athletic, young roster. You've got yeah. Isaac Likely healthy. You know, things are looking up. And then the NCAA drops its punishment. And so you're Oklahoma State. You're thinking, this is our only year with Cade Cunningham. Let's say, for the sake of argument, Oklahoma State goes ahead and accepts the penalty. Obviously, you you aren't entering this season right now. You don't you don't you don't have it hanging over your head. You don't have to worry about missing the postseason. Um, however, however, on the other side of things, I I fully believe that if you don't have the season last year, it Cade's if you accept the punishment and you don't go postseason, I don't think Cade sticks around. Probably not. I think I think Cade leaves. Honestly, you might have a few other guys leave. Yeah. Um, and then on the other side of things, you don't get the transfers in in the spring and summer that you have now. I think they made the right call by um, appealing right away, you know, just to have an opportunity at last season because the potential of that roster and having the consensus number one overall recruit and consensus number one overall projected pick on your team and a chance of having that in the NCAA tournament is too good to pass up on. Yeah. So I think that it was – I think they made the right call by appealing. And, I mean, in theory, 
they should have won the appeal. You know, I mean, everything pointed towards Oklahoma State winning this appeal and getting the postseason ban reversed. I mean, I know even Coach Boynton said earlier in a press conference several months ago that it would be almost criminal to use that lack yeah. of better term to uphold the penalty at this point, you know. And so I think at the time, given the information they knew, what they thought was going to happen with last year's team and what they thought was going to happen with the decision, I think appealing it and pushing it off to now was the right call. What were your thoughts, and I want to get your opinion, both of y'all's opinions on this, the longer it went, how did you – because I'll, I'll be honest, I forgot about it. You know, it's out of sight, out of mind kind of a thing. I knew – I've always known it was there, but the longer it went, you know, I think it was the first media availability we had with Boynton. So it would have mm-hmm. been middle of September, I guess. I, I don't exactly remember the date. But that's when Boynton said it. You know, it would almost be criminal. Now, the longer it went for you guys, did how, how did you – what were your opinions on it? How did you feel? Did you feel better or did you feel worse? Well, I felt better about the situation because, I mean, Ken Weiberg kind of touched on this. Like, yeah, we thought maybe that was a good sign. It was taking forever. But, I mean, I thought that because it was taking a while – that that was meaning like, okay, we're repeatedly finding nothing over and over again. So let's not necessarily drop this, but like these sanctions that we put down don't need to be as harsh or whatever it may be, right? Obviously that was not the case. They kept it exactly what it was and it's now they're screwed. But I thought over time, I thought it was going to be like a beneficial weight but I mean now it kind of just they're kind of in the middle of a rock and a hard place because now the season starts in six days these players are here for a reason and it's not to play this is gonna say it's not to play big 12 basketball it's to try and go win a national championship so I mean we'll see what happens but what did you Ryan what did you think was the outlook uh, I'm going to use an analogy real quick. Um, so let's say there's a scenario in a football game where a receiver makes a catch right on the sideline. It's really close. They initially call it incomplete pass. They go to the replay review. The longer, the longer and longer that they sit and look during that review and the more time they take to deliberate during a review, it kind of makes you start to think in your head, okay, they have to be continuously looking at this for a reason, like they have to see probable cause to potentially overturn this, you know, if they're looking at this for that long. Mm-hmm. And so I think I thought something of a similar situation with this, you know, like, I mean, if you already had your mind made up after the appeal hearing in February, why not announce it in April or May, you know, like why take more yeah, I time? Know what if the you were... reason? Like, I find it hard to believe that they figured this out yesterday. I don't think they did. Like, and I'm going to go with what Boynton had said during his press conference. With uh, was it Bedlam? Was it the Bedlam game that he flew to Atlanta? He flew to yep. Atlanta yep. the day before Bedlam. So yeah. if you look at the examples of it, and and there's always been the sentiment. You know, Ryan, you've been an Oklahoma State fan for a really long time. I have too. There has always been the sentiment amongst the fan base that the NCAA has it out for Oklahoma State. 
and it you can kind of you look back to the early mid '80s when the you know the pro, the football program nearly got the death penalty you know with Hartley Dykes and under uh, under uh, Pat Jones, and then today also don't forget about Andrew Oliver. Um, no, that's true. And there's when he been, sued the NCAA and walked out of there with three quarters of a million dollars. And there and there's been other things. You have that, um, and you had, you had other programs that have been investigated over the years. You had the the Sports Illustrated uh, football scandal that ninety eight percent of it ended up being false. Yep. But you look at it, and you know, Boynton says, you know, the day before the day before uh, Bedlam, I'm flying to Atlanta for uh, for a hearing, and the day we're in Lawrence, Kansas, yeah, we have a hearing in Stillwater. I'm in Stillwater, part of the investigation, the day of the game in Lawrence. And then Chad Weiberg's talking about how in the release, the NCAA's talking about a institution and an athletic program that has a long history of such violations or committing violations. Why are you looking at stuff that happened... 40 years ago. Why are you looking at stuff that's happened 10 years ago? You shouldn't. There's the one thing you should be looking at when it comes to Oklahoma state and this investigation and this appeals process is Lamont Evans. Yep. How much money Lamont Evans took, where the money came from, where it went, who knew about it. And that's it. Mm -hmm. The NCAA itself proved that Oklahoma State had no knowledge and would not have had knowledge or a way of knowing that Lamont Evans took that money. So it, they deemed it there was no lack of institutional control. Jeffrey Carroll did receive $300, but there was no on the there was no benefit. No one in this one man benefited from taking money in this whole situation that was Lamont Evans. Yep. A man who I'll just say went to Federal prison. I was gonna say he got he got yeah. his uh, he got his fair share of I asked, punishment. He got convicted. I asked Boynton about that. I'm gonna put it up here. Uh, I'll I, it'll be up here in just a bit. I there were a few other guys around, uh, a few other media members around that uh, that probably heard it as well. I asked Boynton. I was like, have you talked to you know? I don't know about the legalities of the whole situation. I don't know you know if you were allowed to or not. But if you have talked to him, and if you ha like, what what have you said to him? And if you haven't talked to Lamont, like. What would you tell him? And he was like, uh, I have not. I have not talked to him. But, I mean, I'm, I still care for him. But, you know, for everything that's going on with us, I mean, he and his family have been heavily affected. I pray for him every day. I mean, the man went to federal prison. Yeah. His life is ruined. Yeah. You know, and I'm thinking, if there was ever a time to not be the bigger man, you know, that's it. And Mike Boynton's like, I, I pray for him. You know, I mean, this is just a – it's a terrible situation for everyone involved, and and I I don't understand. I, I mean, I guess I do understand because being an Oklahoma State fan and covering them as long as I have, I guess yep. I understand, you know. But to me, there's there's too many coincidences that have come to light over the past few years with Oklahoma State, uh, with Oklahoma State complying with the investigation. Readily supplying stuff, uh, self-imposing stuff before it's even suggested that the NCAA. Because that's the thing, they had self-imposed all those other penalties right. before the NCAA announced the punishment in June. 
And if self-imposing is like the impressive and high road thing to do that all these other programs are doing, why still you. keep that ruling up? So there's to me there's there's too many coincidences for me not to think that the NCAA might have it out for Oklahoma. I'm State. I'm gonna say this right now really quickly. I don't want to be that super dark right. conspiracy, no. but it it. it it's a little too coincidental. Well, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this really quickly. One sec. So, Oklahoma State, obviously, if you flash all the way back to 2011, that se- the 2011 season, and then like a little bit after that, Oklahoma State had a huge part to play in the removal of the BCS from sure. the system. You know, fair. fair. And so... It's become very it's become a very popular belief, especially in this current era of collegiate athletics, that one day, we not we're not sure when that day will be, there will be some sort of a, if you will, call it a revolt against the NCAA. You know, I mean like people have had enough. People like I and if, if that were to happen, I would like I would I would very much believe that Oklahoma State would be a university that is on the front lines of that revolt. I'll tell you right now, I think you're on to something. And the Oklahoma State versus the NCAA 30 for 30. Well, I saw the tweet about that earlier. It's going to be one of the greatest of all time because there's just a laundry list the yeah. last 40 some odd years. That's going to be one of the best documentaries. I saw a of thing earlier that was like the 30, the 30 for 30. About how Oklahoma State took down the BCS and the NCAA is going to be a hell of a show. That's huge. And what Coach Boynton said today and what um, Chad Weiberg said in that press conference, they were going in on the NCAA. I mean, you had Coach Boynton listing off the names of every individual person on the appeals committee. You have them saying that the system is broken, saying that they are inconsistent, that they just are basically horrible at their job, right? And so there's there's got to be a pretty common belief amongst the entire athletic department if those kind of comments were able to get past all of the public relations people and get to the podium. You know what I'm saying? So there's got to be a, a shared belief within the entire athletic department there at Oklahoma State that the NCAA sucks and, like, that they're done with it, you know? I, I'm not a fan I'll just and it doesn't like this to me. Like I said, is is right in line with a lot of the other stuff that's happened. And it to me is just like, when is enough enough? You know what I mean. Let me ask you both this question: um, If you are a current recruit, let's say you're class of twenty twenty three, twenty twenty two, whatever, and you're even considering going to Oklahoma State, and then you look at what Coach Boynton did today during his press conference and just how much you can tell he clearly cares about his players, how distraught he was for them. What are you thinking if you're, like, a current recruit after seeing that? Going over what the national – like, some of the national media has said. Um, I said it – earlier today like I've I've covered Boynton since the beginning of his career uh, at Oklahoma State I mean when he was an assistant and then when he took over as head coach 
I'm I would consider myself uh, me and Boynton uh, personal friends. You know, we're we're not just uh, media coach colleagues. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I feel like I can call Boynton if I need to, and he would call. And we've had multiple phone conversations over the years. I would run through a brick wall for Mike Boynton. I would do more so do it today listening to what he had to say about the NCAA. Every single signee commit that hasn't signed or recruit that has been on some type of visit, official, unofficial, whatever, the number one in the last five years, the number one main factor when whether coming on a visit to Oklahoma State, whether they're considering Oklahoma State, whether they commit and they might not end up signing, they might stay closer to home, or whether they end up signing and playing at Oklahoma State, or they transfer into the program. The main reason is Mike Boynton. If you go through all the interviews of all the recruits, commits, signees, and transfers mm-hmm. that have come through Oklahoma State at some, in some form or fashion, the number one thing they're going to say why they chose Oklahoma State was Mike Boynton. If you're talking to in-state kids, it might come up. Uh, well, I grew up watching Oklahoma State. My folks are OSU fans. That doesn't happen. It, it's Mike Boynton. With what he did today, I don't think there's enough negative recruiting that could affect it. Now, obviously, kids are going to go to other schools. Right. Oklahoma State can sign 13 kids. Well, 12 for the next three years. Yeah. Um. But I I don't think this is going to hamper recruiting at all. I think you mm-hmm. look at the direction that Mike Boynton has taken recruiting from, you know, having to sign just a bunch of random kids that didn't make it one calendar year, um, and then having to hold on-campus tryouts for walk-ons to having two kids sign, Mike uh, Isaac Likely and Yorane, to all of us. And I think that was – anywhere between mid-50s and upper-60s in recruiting ranking. I don't know the exact number. To having a top 25 recruiting class, to having a top 10 recruiting class. Now, they don't have any – they have, I think, just one kid committed right now. But I don't think – and honestly, that that, I think – that the reason they only have one right, and I think it's one. I, I'll feel terrible. Yeah, if I, it's, think, I think it I is think one. it's just one. Let me let me double check that. Um, I think the reason I think that it's Kion Williams. Uh, why am I on football? That's weird. Um, I think that's I think that's the one. Uh, yeah, I'd feel really guilty if I missed anyone. It's been a crazy day, but mm-hmm. I think the reason they only have one right now is because they other coaches have used the NCAA vest investigation against. Mike Boynton in Oklahoma Definitely. State. I don't think that's going to be an issue now. It's all out there in the open now. Well, and the kids you're recruiting right now will not be here in March when they miss the postseason. Yep. The postseason ban will be over, and if we're being honest, Mike Boynton and company have operated at 12 full scholarship. They've operated at one less scholarship every right. single year. Uh, you know, they, they offered Trey Reeves a scholarship, and they offered D. Mitchell a scholarship. Mm-hmm. Those aren't scholarship players. Those are walk-ons that they gave scholarships because they busted their ass and they deserved a scholarship for a season. Mike Boynton, they don't need thirteen now. They have, I think, they have fourteen now, but that's because of COVID. I don't. The scholarships are not going to be an issue. Probation yeah. is not going to be an issue because mm-hmm. why is it not going to be an issue? Because they don't break the rules. Right. The one rule breaker is gone. He went to federal prison. Yeah. So no, I'm I'm with you. I don't think I don't think this is going to hurt recruiting at all. If anything. Mm-hmm. 
I think the national outcry, uh, and this is this is more so when Oklahoma got into the NCAA tournament uh, back in seventeen or eighteen. Uh, it would have been seventeen his first year, I guess, when Oklahoma State made they went like three rounds deep into the NIT with Jeffrey Carroll and mm-hmm. and Kendall Smith. So that the out the national outrage, and not just from Oklahoma State fans, but I mean, you get you get national media, you get OU fans, you get other other former players across the country. Yeah, this is huge. This is huge. huge. I think another thing, it, it's really. That I don't help. even know if the NCAA. I mean, they might have anticipated. It, I don't know, but their biggest media outlets and reporters that cover their sport. When you talk about John Rothstein and um, uh, what's his name Goodman, yeah, Jeff um, Goodman. like. Those are the guys that everybody sees. No matter who you are as a basketball fan, if you are a collegiate basketball fan of any team, you follow those guys. Dick, John Rothstein, Dick, Jeff Goodman, Dick, Dick Vitale. Vitale. Yeah, out. there you go. Those are probably the three main guys that you follow as well. I mean, there's a couple others sprinkled sure. in there. But those the, are the fact main that those three guys are out there calling the NCAA corrupt and saying this is like blasphemy and everything, like I, I would have to think that the NCAA is sitting there and saying like, uh-oh. Uh-oh, that's not good. Yeah, and that's we have the thing our, is I don't we have know our if main, they are. Because, like, you have NBA, you have – who do you look for for news? You look to Woj, right, or maybe yeah. Shams. Sure. For um, MLB, you have Ken Rosenthal. For NFL, you have Ian Rappaport and Adam Schefter. For college basketball, you have those two guys. You have John Rothstein and Jeff Goodman. So the fact that the two biggest people that market your sport social in terms of social media – are hating on your brand and hating on what you're doing, that is not good for the NCAA, which is, like you said, in terms of of a revolt, those are going to be the kinds of people that the news they put out, that's what's going to turn into a revolt, is people that are being like, oh, well, even the biggest reporters in the world are saying and, like, realizing that the NCAA has a broken system. Yeah, because I think you can overlook Rex Chapman, you know, and you can obviously overlook Jay Billis. Jay Billis has been against the NCAA since he was in college. So, but you're right. I mean, you look at the main, you look at the main mat, mat basketball, uh, right. college basketball writers. I I don't think this is the I don't think this is the undoing of the NCAA. Not not but, yet. But this is a pretty good nail in in that coffin. I'm I'll say this right now. It is November third, two thousand twenty one. And I looked over, like, the pay structure for NCAA tournament teams and how often they get paid for being – like, conferences get paid for being in the tournament, right? And it's a six-year rolling over window, right? And so that just happened this past year. The next pay period that the conferences are going to make their NCAA tournament money is 2027. By 2027, when that next time comes around, I'm not saying the NCAA is going to be, like – gone, abolished, whatever, I am saying that things are going to look very, 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 very different. I think by that time the NCAA might they might not be uh, they might not be abolished or dissolved. I, I could see them not being the governing body. Things are gonna look really different and I I think that we're kind of just waiting. Everyone is just kind of sitting there waiting for that one massive domino to fall, mm-hmm. and then when it does, it will just flow, you know? So they're waiting for that one huge domino to fall. I yeah. don't know if this is the huge domino, but this is, definitely, this. this is definitely the head turner 
and Absolutely. the one that makes everyone pay attention and say, okay, yeah, enough is enough. We're ready whenever everyone I would agree. else is. I would agree with that because I think that if if OSU if they, if they warranted the the punishment, then then no one would be like, oh, then this is you know they deserved what they got. Because if if the NCAA comes out and they punish Kansas and they punish Auburn and they punish Arizona, you know, and and it's it's in the same vein, you know, and it's like. Because the, the NCAA, when they, when the inve- FBI investigation and the NCAA investigation first came out, it was this is gonna we're gonna we're we're shaking up the college basketball world, you know this this we're it's corrupt it's been going on too long it this is this is it we're we're gonna fix this. If that were the case and Oklahoma State deserved to be punished, then the NCAA would continue along. But the fact that that's not the case and the corruption continues and Oklahoma State is not deserving of a post. I think they deserve to get punished. Yeah, definitely. But doubt. they don't deserve a postseason ban. And when I say punished, I mean, like, you obviously have to punish a, a school that had something going on. Yep. But Oklahoma State self-imposed. Uh, if anything, you you give them three years of probation, you know, or you 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 do probation in the scholarship or you just do scholarships or just probation, you know, but you don't, this does not warrant a postseason ban. This is, this is stupid. This is ignorant. And I don't, I don't agree with it. Yeah. And I mean, the last real thing I can think of, um, like I mentioned in my story that just came out, uh, probably about a half hour ago or so, where I talk about the implications like behind this postseason ban. I think the hardest part about all of this is how is this team going to stay motivated all season? You know, like when you look at when you get into like the January and February's of the season, when you're traveling to Morgantown on a Tuesday and turning around and going to Waco, Texas on a Saturday and then going back home and then having to go to Ames, Iowa when it's, 24 degrees yeah. out and dark by 4.30 in the afternoon. Like, the NCAA tournament is normally the thing that, like, keeps you going through things like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so if that's not an option this year, how do you stay ready and how do you stay up for games like that? I would Agreed. say probably I – w- I mean, at least this is what I – think Boynton would say, and probably what most of the roster's kind of outlook will be, is when it gets to that point in the season, like, when I say, like, yeah, try to win every game, yes, clearly. But try to play in a way that makes people wonder what you would have done if you would have made it. Like, try to, like, you need to stay relevant. Because if you go out there and have a postseason ban, and then you go... And what was our record last year? What was our overall record? What twenty-one and nine? Or okay, if you go like sixteen and fifteen or something like something like that, then no one's gonna no one's gonna care about you that you that you're not playing in the postseason. But if you go out there and go at like twenty and ten, twenty-one and nine, twenty-two and eight, and like you're go, you're battling Kansas and you're battling Texas Tech and Texas and all this and Baylor and like you're having a good season. And you stay relevant. I think that's going to make people even more mad at the NCAA, which I I'm sure is what Oklahoma State would like to do. Yeah. Basically, go out there and ruin people's seasons because you can't you can't have one. Twenty one and nine. Twenty one and nine. So yeah, 
basically go try to replicate success from last year. That's impressive. Put yourself in a situation to where people are saying, like, oh, if Oklahoma State was in the tournament, they would have been a three seed or they would have been a four seed. Mm-hmm. But look at what the NCAA did. They, they screwed them so they don't get that chance. I think that's probably your season goal. I agree. Is let's have the success to show people why we should have been in there and kind of to – shove it towards the NCAA because I do think if you go and have a very good season and you would have competed for a Big 12 title or competed for a high spot in the tournament, then I think that probably starts a second wave of, like, disdain towards the NCAA for Oklahoma State and just, like, basketball fans in general. I could see that because the NCAA jumped on the Cade train pretty quick last year. They sure did, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they, they wanted him, and they knew exactly what they were doing. They wanted now, him in the tournament because they knew the money that he was going to bring them in the viewers. Oklahoma State doesn't have that marketability right now. Right. But if but Oklahoma could, State goes out there and they're – You could breed it. They, if, they're 75, if they're 75% in, in conference play right. and they – let's say they lose one non-conference – you know, like let's say they go into, they go into February 21-9 and – or you know they're they're at the end of February and they're they're winning eighty percent of their games. The NCAA is going to be thinking, man, they're pretty marketable right now, and we're not going to get that opportunity. You know what else I want to see too? Hypothetical, of course. Um, in just over forty eight hours, Oklahoma State's playing their first exhibition game mm-hmm. of the season against UCO. What if we see thirteen thousand strong? Do you see my? Do you see my GIA tweet? GIA for that exhibition game. Said, yeah. Has UCA ba- UCO basketball ever seen thirteen thousand six hundred eleven for a basketball game? Uh, yeah, I got TJ Eckert came down on me pretty hard. He was a quarterback at UCO, but he's like, "Why don't you calm down, Lancaster?" <laughs> uh, I don't think so. I think that it will help. I don't think you'll have. I, I want to be realistic. I don't think there will be more than five thousand. No, because it's an exhibition and it's UCO. Yeah, but I could see three, maybe a high of thirty-five. It's going to be a cheaper game to get into. I don't know the cost. I might be free. I could be wrong. But I mean, it's, it's a fr- I mean, there's tickets right now as low as five dollars. Okay, so it's a super cheap game, and the I will say this: I did see people on Twitter. There were some like some of the more popular fan accounts that were saying that like if you can't afford it, like I'll buy yeah. tickets for people to go. Yeah, so I think that... Because they were like five bucks a piece. Me and Tom Dorado talked about it. I don't think you're going to see a sellout by any means, um, but the just looking at the hatred that the fans have for the NCAA on Facebook and on Twitter, I, I think you could see 3,000, 3, 3,500. What is it that they say? There's a few things that can bond people. It's a shared common interest or a love for something or a shared hatred for something. Hate can really bond Absolutely. people together. Absolutely. And so, I mean, here you go. I mean, it's possible that they, because what's that, Friday night? Yeah. I mean, Friday night is 7 p.m. Not like anybody's going to be at work. No one, no kids have to go to school the next day. I wouldn't be surprised if they have a decent amount of people in there. Yeah, for it's an not, exhibition. It's not, like it's, a, it's not like it's a Wednesday game at 5.30 or whatever. I mean, you're talking about Friday night at yeah. 7 p.m. I, I think there could be a few more thousand than there would have been. Yeah. If this doesn't happen, you're thinking... 1,100 people, maybe. Yeah. Certainly no students. Hell, you could have a sellout, you could have a sellout student section for a UCO basketball game on a Friday night. Ain't going to happen, but it, it's possible. I mean, this, this, is, this is pretty crazy. So, yeah, um, certainly not the way I wanted to be spending my Wednesday. No, I was in front of my laptop for probably 
five and a half to six hours total today. Yeah, I was asleep when I got the call. I was up. The Braves won the World Series last night. That's the first time yeah. in 26 years. Congratulations Thank on you that, very by much. the way. Yeah, diehard Braves fan, but waiting. I was four years old the last time the Braves won a World Series. I was up till 2, 2.30, 3 o'clock, and uh, I got a call about 8.15. So I'm sure y'all saw mm-hmm. this early morning part of it. Of course. But the part of the release or part of the reasoning from the NCAA that were some of the things that were taken into factor is that Lamont Evans did not he didn't cooperate. Did not cooperate. He did not. No, I know. I'm saying like they were saying that the fact that he did not was taken into effect when mm. discussing OSU's yeah. punishments, which that does not make sense because how is OSU going to get punished for Lamont Evans' non-cooperation or lack of cooperation? I that makes zero sense. No, but it's the same investigation. And so I think it's like if your parents, like if your mom is like, sorry, that was a door. Um yeah. I think it's like if your mom or dad, like if you break something in the house, you know, and your mom is like, you better tell me what happened right now. Because if you don't, if I have to find out, if I got to if I gotta try to figure this out, it's going to be way worse. Right, but, the, but I feel like a different... No, but that's, that's completely different. I feel, I feel like a different analogy feel like would be the, poli- would be the police showing up and being like, all right, your son stole something, so unless he tells us why he did it, we're going to put you, put you just the parents... On house arrest for three yeah, weeks. Yeah, because if a parent was asking a child, that would be the same thing as the instantly asking Oklahoma State and Oklahoma State not cooperating. No, I know. Listen, I'm, I understand. I, I understand that, that that is way different than a federal investigation, but that it's the same principles apply on a very basic level. Because if you have three kids and Lamont Evans is one, or two kids, Lamont Evans is one of them, and Oklahoma State's the other, and the NCAA is like, all right, we're investigating this, and one kid's a little asshole – and the Oklahoma State is like, well, yeah, we'll we'll do whatever you want. Like they're gonna take into consideration the fact that you were uncooperative, right? But how does that? That's like I feel like the a similar like scenario of that is if someone walked up to you, if I walked up to you and punched you in the face, and then you went and told Ryan, and Ryan asked me why I punched you in the face, what I did that for, and I didn't answer him, and then he went over there and put you in timeout. How does that make sense? That's that's basically what the NCAA did. If because I'm because Lamont, Lamont Evans. Evans worked for Oklahoma State, right? But they so fired him immediately. So why would because it doesn't matter because he because he committed the violation while at Oklahoma State, and that's when he got caught. Right. I mean, but Oklahoma so, State has no power whether Lamont Evans cooperates. Te- I understand or not. that, but technically he was a he was. A, I don't agree with the 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 severity of the penalty. But he's still an employee at the time, so Oklahoma State deserves to be punished in some form of fashion. Sure, like, that, that part, I, if that part I understand, but I don't understand that aspect of it of why years later, in I don't agree. I don't agree. With Lamont it. Evans didn't answer their questions, and that so might they were not looking be, at Oklahoma State and said, "Yeah, that, this is your issue." Because and that might not be the real. guy you fired won't answer that our questions. That might not be true. I would. I, well, that, that was in the NCAA's report. I know, but like I don't think that that like I just feel like the NCAA is like that was the quote from the appeals I know, committee. No, guy. I know. I'm just saying like I don't I don't agree with it, and I don't think that the the punishment is accurate. But it's the same investigation. I understand that Oklahoma State like Oklahoma State's getting punished for a coach doing something wrong. I don't agree with the level of punishment, but the Lamont Evans investigation and the Oklahoma State investigation are one and the same. And that's why yeah Oklahoma that State part punished. that part I would agree I just I mean you look I at guess the punishment I guess they gave fundamentally to him. or whatever I don't understand how you could if there's two sides that are 
Like, if you fire a guy and then you go, the the governing body goes and asks the guy you fired, who clearly does not want to be in that situation, like, and he doesn't answer your questions, if you go and say, yeah, we know you fired this guy and followed all the rules and did everything we asked you to do, but still screw you. Like, that part, no, I that's just, the whole I that's don't the whole argument. That's, that, that's basically no, the whole argument. Well, I know, but that part, like why? no, I, I know it is. That's what I'm saying. But, like, that, I just, I'm trying to find the quote from... Um, Matt Norlander, because he was the one that tweeted out the thing originally, of like what the quote was from the. Well, I thought it was just from a source. No, 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 Matt Norlander. Like, it was part of the. It was like a screenshot of the statement. Well, because yeah. the only thing I saw before all that was Norlander, just saying that sources had told him. No, it was like, no, I mean, like early, early yeah. this morning, like nine thirty. Oh well, now he tweeted out a screenshot later, like of the report. With a quote from one of the appeals committee, I've people got it in my car. Saying it's outside. It's in the. You know what could solve all of our questions and our concerns and our issues, if in the same way that Mike Boynton and Chad Weiberg have to go and address the media after something like this, why not make the chairman of the appeals committee or someone on the appeals committee sit in a chair? Look at a room full of media people and answer questions. Well, did you see what Boynton said to? Yeah, Jacob no, Obama? I know that's the point. Yeah, yeah. Like, why? Why won. not? Even if, even if they weren't weak leaders, like the NCAA will never, because they are. But the, why should they be exempt from? Because that? they're the head of the organization and they don't have to answer to anybody. But they should have to. They're not elected. That's that's where the whole issue comes in. Fair, but they're not elected officials. It's not like it's not like the 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 governing body. Uh, like the the citizens voted upon the NCAA. So then, what is this? What is the NCAA? Corrupt. It's awful. I don't know. That's a good question. You know, like That's a good question. they should. Is it really necessary? No, they they absolutely should have to answer. They never will. But that's why the thirty for thirty is going to be one of the greatest of all time. It's growing to be too much, man. The NCAA has too much power. It needs to be stopped. It needs to be stopped. Someone needs to put it in what check. What I don't understand mm-hmm. is like. All these like appeals committee people and like the all these committees are members and like ads of schools. I don't understand how there's not a like. You want a Mike Tom Dorado? Understand? No, I don't, okay. I don't understand how there's not an understanding or like a an empathy in this sort of situation and like a, or a realization from a committee like that who runs these programs at these schools. Because you would think that if, like, because it's like all these ADs from all these schools, JMU and Iowa. James Madison, the senior commissioner of the um, American Athletic Conference. Um, Someone at at Princeton. Yeah, all these high-ups of these organizations. You would think that you would say, like, okay, if this were in my position and I had someone break the rules at my school and we fired him immediately. Yeah, but that's where you have to. That's where you have to set aside all your bias, though. And and I I understand right. what you're saying. I agree with that. But when you're when you're put on it, and I, I'm not saying I agree with this committee, but with any committee like this, you're you're brought on to look at several different situations, and you can't look at them with objectivity and say, "Oh, I'm I'm an athletic director currently, and this is what happened at this school, so I'm gonna I'm gonna show leniency." You have to be able to say, "Well, I'm not saying show bias to like individual schools, but I'm saying like." In the given facts, given the the position that they're in, they would say, okay, if I'm the, which they don't even have to say if I am the, because they are the AD or the commissioner of a league or an 
a school or something, and you say, like, all right, if I was in the middle of this and was looking at the facts and saying my school had a coach break the rules, a $300, um, like, what do you call it, $300 infraction, mm-hmm. And then there, this dragged on for five years, and there was complete cooperation, and there was none of the five major factors that determined. No, like, you're you're definitely right. I don't understand how you can realistically, as a group, sit there and everyone just agree that and, yeah, we're putting this out there, and with, that's why it's when so they don't wrong. have. You're forgetting about something though. Look, look at the positions that all these people are in and their titles. There's definitely some. Uh, I'm better than you syndrome going on with well, most clearly. of these people. But Definitely I mean, looking down on the people they're giving punishments to. Right, but I don't like to me, I don't know how you how do you look at how do you look at a, the Big 12 commissioner Bob Bowlesby or an athletic director like Chad Weiberg who are on the same pedestals that they are if not bigger. You're telling me that the James Madison athletic director is walking around with a I'm better than you Probably mentality. A, That's yeah, a joke. Probably. Yeah. How? Probably. What does James Madison do? No, no, no. You don't look at it from you don't look at it from a budgetary standpoint. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about like where like, did where how okay. does he have the status? Who, who is the James Madison athletic director? It's actually the James Madison president, Jonathan Alger. Okay, where did Jonathan Alger go to school? I have no idea. Look him up. Yeah, look him up. Have you already done this? Nope. I'm looking up Bob Bowlesby. How do you spell Alger? Look him up on Wikipedia. Yeah, that's what I'm doing. Oh, he went to Harvard. Okay, you know where Bob Bowlesby went to school? Moorhead State. I don't know what Moorhead State is, but it's a hell of a lot less than Harvard. Jonathan Alger went to Harvard. It doesn't have anything to do with the, the program that you're in charge of. It has everything to do with an upbringing and right. where you went to school. So that's, that's why who all these people are. All these people that are on yeah. these committees are people that and, went to Harvard, who went to Ivy League schools. And Marshall, I'm not saying you're wrong. Like I agree. Like the the punishment that was passed down is egregious. Like it's stupid. There's right. no reason that these people at that point this goes without saying. You know, yeah. Like, like there's no reason. But but when you got like what is what even yeah. is Morehead Alger, State? Uh, Morehead State's a pretty like established, like pretty esteemed place. Alger is a nationally recognized scholar and speaker on higher education policy and law. So you're telling me he does not have an I'm better than you? No, I'm complex? saying how the hell Morehead State how the hell, two. how yeah. the hell does this guy, a recognized scholar and speaker on higher education and policy and law, exactly what this is talking about, and this guy has no morals or ethics or, like, moral compass it's in this C- scenario? It's CNCAA. Like, that's a joke. Absolutely. That is a joke. We agree. Everyone agrees. That's that's what's so stupid It does not about. matter who you are, who you work for, what team you root for, unless you work for one of these committees. They got it wrong. It's pretty simple. They got it wrong. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and, and the problem is they're going to look at these other schools and that are in, involved in the exact same situation, the exact same scenario. Like, like I said earlier, if Kansas, with all of the level one violations that they have looming right now, if 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 you look at the the punishment that Oklahoma State got compared to what Kansas is is looking at right now, Kansas almost has to get a postseason ban, right? At like least the NCAA, one, at least the NCAA one year. has got to be looking at this and being like, you know what? If we have to follow any sort of parallelism here, 
Kansas has got to get smacked. You would think at least one season. One at the very least. Game. But so however, if you look at if you look at Kansas, Kansas is a moneymaker. I know, but like this is I where know. the whole problem is. Like you're not looking Agreed. at it from an objective standpoint and from a fair standpoint. You're fair. looking at it from a what is what team, what program is it convenient for me to make an example of? Fair. Bro, I, I'm just like looking at some of like the facts fair. of these people. Like this dude went to Swarthmore College. Swarthmore? What the hell is from damn Hogwarts? Like Hogwarts. I think went to yeah. Swarthmore College, and he was a political science major, and he loves tennis, hiking, and coin collecting. Bro, well, we're not gonna make like, we're not gonna make we're not fun, of, fun people. of people. I'm, we're just talking I'm about f- where they went to school. I'm making guy. fun of this guy. Do you know what Swarthmore's? Like I've never heard of him, but that is a unique it? name. I do like you, that. Do you know what their acceptance rate at Swarthmore is? I am going. I'm gonna go six oh. percent. I'm gonna guess five percent. Nine. Nine. They graduate ninety four percent. Yeah. Of their nine percent acceptance race. Yeah. Great. Wow. I never heard of Swarthmore, but I that, haven't either. But now, oh boy, seems hoity toity. There, it's a private private liberal arts college. I'm not here to attack coin collecting. I'm not either. I collect stamps. That's not where I'm at either. I'm. I'm, I'm, I collect things too. This is already making the point that I wanted to make, which is that the people on this committee are incapable of putting themselves in someone else's shoes or showing any sort of empathy for somebody. You know who should be on this committee? Literally anybody else. Mike Boynton. Mike Boynton. Mike Boynton, yeah. Because Mike Boynton, Mike Boynton looks at Lamont Evans. And says, I don't hate you. I actually still really care for you. I care for you, and I pray for you every day. And even though you've put me in this horrible situation. There's got to be – there. there's one thing, just one message. Be like Mike Be Boynton. like Mike. Be like Mike be Boynton. Like Mike. Don't be like Jonathan be like, Alger. Just, just be like or, Mike. Be Mike Boynton, not Jonathan Alger. What's, his, what's the guy's name that Boynton says should be ashamed? Did he call that? Oh, out? the whole list. I saw it earlier. Who did he today. say? No, there was one person in particular that he was yeah. like, they should be ashamed. His quote is up uh, on the the OSU website. Let's I want to go find it quick. Because don't be like that guy either. It's a yeah, joke. agreed. There was there was two people in particular that he absolutely. Went so I don't after. think I don't. Think in his opening statement. I don't think it's in the opening statement. Stan Wilcox, Stan and Wilcox, that guy. Stan Wilcox, Stan Wilcox, and John Duncan. Don't be those clowns. What a clown! That was who he mentioned. What a day! What a day! Stan Wilcox should be ashamed. And I will say the fact that OSU and Mike Boynton scorched earth yeah. all day long, all day, and it's still going on. It's yeah. Still, you, they're still retweeting stuff. This dominated the November third slate of just news. I was a little surprised. Like they retweeted two of mine. They retweeted everything. I said uh, OSU men's they basketball and the coach Mike are going scorched earth today, and I'm here for every bit of it. I feel so awful for the players who weren't even on campus when all this went down. Just disgusting. Well, and Musa Cisse was 13 years old, and. Living in Africa, I was gonna say, was I he think? in America at the time? No, Probably not. I saw a tweet earlier that like he was living. In, I can't Conkery, Conkery. I can't remember the actual like the specific place, but he was 13 years old, living in like Conkery, where's he? Wherever he's from, right in Africa, I believe, 
If that's incorrect, I apologize. No, it's, but, yeah. Okay. Right. That he probably didn't even know what Oklahoma was at the time. Uh, he is out of, uh, uh, where, I just reloaded, hold on, uh, Guinea, out of West Africa. So, Conkery, okay. Guinea, West Africa. Conakry? Conakry, something like that. C-O-N-A-K-R-Y. He was 13 years old when all this stuff went down, and they pointed out that he probably didn't even know what Oklahoma was at the time because he was young, middle school aged, probably just living life. What even is Oklahoma? I don't even know, and I'm here. What even is it, man? We could talk in circles for hours, but ultimately... What's done is done, and yeah. even though it's egregious. Yeah. Essentially, the NCAA said, because we can. Yeah. We'll see. We're going to make... Well, and you know, and I guess you got to give it up to them. They said from the very beginning that they were going to make an example out of the first school they punished, and they absolutely did. We'll see if the example's consistent. It will see, not the be. the thing that... Yeah, I like. It will not. That's be. it. That's all I've got to say, man. OSU is not the Laptop first. Laptop closed. See, the, my issue, my only issue with that <laughs> thing is that OSU is not the first school they've pun. They're the first school they've punished, but they're not the first school that they've ruled on. No, and that's and they've that's like where it's up, weird. They've upheld or they've passed on punishing other schools what for the it? same uh, or worse stuff. South Carolina, South Carolina, where Lamont Evans was. USC, what you're about. yeah. And that's uh, what yes. Kevin Fight said today. When you talk about everything, I mean, well, he I'm, accepted, an L- I'm an LSU fan. So he accepted $3,000, I think, roughly $3,000 yeah. at um, at South Carolina. And that's what Kevin Fight said today. He was like, so he accepts 3000 there and 18000 here. And you're telling me that $15,000 to one person, not the program, that's a one that justifies the punishment? That's the difference. Fifteen grand in a billion-dollar organization? Yeah. Stupid. You're crazy. I'm sorry you're an LSU fan. Well, what I was going to say is that I'm an LSU fan, and I realize that Will Wade is a little shady, right? Will Wade's been doing some shady stuff at shady, every job. Shady Wadey. Shady Wadey. He's been doing – he's done some shady stuff everywhere he went, but Eddie Radosevich put out a tweet earlier that I thought was quite funny that said Will Wade could walk into the NCAA offices and shoot somebody, and they'd still find a way to punish Oklahoma State. And it's like, yeah. yeah, because he probably got the bullets from Oklahoma. Literally so true. But they were saying – but he's in like in his comments, or someone commented, was like, yeah, because Will Wade uh, Will Wade wouldn't answer why, but Oklahoma State would try to give their reason why one, it wasn't them. I, it was saw, like, I saw one that said Oklahoma State's about to get punished so hard for what Kansas did. <laughs> yeah, literally. <laughs> yeah, it just made me literally. laugh. So. Like, oh, it's gosh. such a – I mean, the fact that, like, that's no even – because what, what you're saying earlier is, like, like for people saying that, like, Oklahoma – or the NCAA has, like, has it out for Oklahoma State, like, yeah, for a lot of fan bases, that's just, like, okay, suck it up, something happened, right? This is true. This but, like, is legitimate. Like, it's – there's – one is, like – what do they say? One's a coin or one's an accident, two's a coincidence, three's, three's a, a pattern. pattern. Well, we're on, like, nine. Like, nine things. It's kind of like me, like with the Saints and like the refs. Literally five years in a row, the Saints get gypped out of the playoffs on some ridiculous calls. And this We're not is the even get into that right now. This is the same way. It's like re- repeatedly in multiple sports in multiple facets, yeah. the NCAA finds a way to screw Oklahoma State. Well, and if you look at Kansas, they'll just well, Bill Self, he played at OSU. So there's an OSU connection there. Yeah, but you know, Bill Self oh, is no. gonna Bill Self's gonna leave, and they're gonna be know. like, oh well, he left. There's no big deal. the The perpetrator's gone. No, no need to do anything to Kansas. The issue's gone. You you, you break something over there? No, I'm just uh, looking at the environment. This cool little. Uh, it's 
cardboard tube. Yeah, cardboard tube. What an environment. We got tubes. <laughs> all right. It's very stimulating. Like, I said all I can say. Like I'm, you I'm said, ready to drop the mic. Like you said, we're going to – well, don't. That's expensive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's like real expensive. Um, like you said, I think we could just talk in circles on this, you know, until we're blue in the face. I actually collect coins, too. I collect coins and stamps. I don't have anything wrong really? with coin collectors. I have things wrong. He's with a coin collector. I don't have anything wrong with coins. I don't have anything, don't wrong, with, I don't I have anything wrong. I don't. Yeah. He went to Swarthmore <laughs> and he collects coins. I don't have anything wrong against people that collect what have, coins. What do you have against money, Mark? I have, I have something wrong with people that collect coins that also happen to be assholes. That's what I have wrong with. Fair. That's fair. That's fair. I'm okay with that. The coins mean nothing. I'll take. Well, I'll. I'll have. Being a, being I'll take your jerk. Coin. Well, I'll yeah. take your coins. You can take my coins. Yeah, you know, now that you say that, I, mean, I think anyone who owns money is pretty bad, too. Can so I think not, that you can should... Can we not set like that? <laughs> Why? Can we... Okay, is this better? We, yeah. So I think anyone barely. who owns money should probably... I'll, I'll walk around with a bag, and anyone who owns money can just put it into the bag that I have, and I'll just hold on to it for Isn't everyone. that just called, like, collection? A bank? <laughs> Don't we do that Maybe. at church? Tithing? <laughs> I feel like are, we, are we tithing here? Uh, yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, it's something... It's something. Alrighty. All right. I'm tired. I just I did so two hours I. of radio and then 45 minutes and then we just did an hour of this. I'm tired. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna turn off my computer, and I'm not gonna look at it because I'm tired. Okay. I'm so tired. I'm dropping my mic in You'll 10 seconds. S- Here, if you want to drop it, you can you can drop it in this nice little foam case. How about okay. that? That's gonna do it for the Punchbowl podcast. For Ryan Breed and Marshall Levinson, and I'm Zach Lancaster. Uh, Be sure to pick up a premium subscription to pokesreport.com. You'll get the best content around. And uh, Marshall, uh, Marshall's fixing to to start putting up. We're fixing to get into the heart of football recruiting season. So you aren't going to want to miss that. So pick up a premium subscription to pokesreport.com. For Ryan Breed and Marshall Levinson, I'm Zach Lancaster. We'll talk to you next time here on pokesreport.com.